Hi, I'm Patrick Henningsen, host of the Sunday Wire, and you are listening to the Alternate Current Radio Network. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. Should give my friend Arabi. All right, welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're live on the Alternate Current Radio Network this Christmas Eve. This is a special live broadcast uh, here, and uh, we were going to go to the premiere of ACR's Masterpiece Theater uh, performance, and we're just going to hold that off for a minute because I've got a special guest on the line. I've actually got two special guests. We're connecting right now live uh, to Damascus uh, in Syria, and uh, we're speaking now first to uh, Vanessa Beely. Uh, You'll be familiar with Vanessa. She is a writer. She is also associate editor at 21stCenturyWire.com. And to our listeners and readers, uh, someone who needs no introduction. Uh, hello, Vanessa. How are you? Merry Christmas. <laughs> Hi, Pat. Milad Majid from Damascus. It's uh, wonderful to be back here and just in time for Christmas. Um, went to the Christmas Eve Mass tonight, which was over two hours. Very uh, beautiful absolutely beautiful and people in the streets uh children carrying flags for the christmases uh yeah drums trombones trumpets everything i mean uh it's unbelievable it's it's a it's a real victory this this christmas is a real victory for syria for the syrian people for all of us actually because you know we know that syria has been for almost seven years fighting uh, for all of us. And I think uh, this Christmas is a tremendous uh, marking of their victory, both militarily but politically, diplomatically, on every single level. It's extraordinary. And extraordinary to see people out en masse in the streets like this. Yeah, and you're in the old the old city of Damascus must be stunning. Uh, yeah. During yeah. Christmas, I mean the lights, the people. There's so many different uh, different types of churches, different denominations, um, and everybody's mixing Christians, Muslims, uh, all out together. Uh, it must be amazing, Vanessa. Incredible. I mean, uh, Muslims sharing the ceremony with Christians. I think this year is the first year that all the churches are celebrating Christmas uh, at the same time. Uh, and so, uh, so for the last three years, sorry. And so, you know, this is an extraordinary, um, what's the word? It's an extraordinary re-establishing of Syrian society, of what it means to be Syrian, the spirit of unity, the spirit of, of secular uh, culture and civilization that has defended itself against some of the most powerful hostile forces in this world extraordinary really extraordinary yes and uh and and i remember uh last christmas um we can't forget and those who tuned into this show uh it was an extraordinary experience uh you were in aleppo and mm-hmm. aleppo had just been liberated only days before uh it was a very emotional time it was an emotional christmas uh it was a memorable one and we we did that uh special song mix of of uh merry christmas uh greetings from all the different people around syria that uh contributed to that that you helped put together there and that was a definitely a memorable broadcast um mm. Certainly something original that no one's ever done before and probably no one, quite frankly, will ever do before. Um, what, that's what I remember from last Christmas. It was, it was a mm. warm, special, emotional, very uplifting um, experience. So now uh, it, 
uh, Pierre Lacour, if I saw him in the Papa Noel costume, uh, <laughs> handing out presents to the to the kids in in Aleppo again, um, amazing work that uh, that young man's doing. Pierre Lacour up there, uh, we are superheroes is his uh, charity, um, and uh, so he's up there doing what he does uh, every every holiday. And um, so, a- have you uh, been in touch with any of your uh, friends up there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I only arrived uh, back in Syria on Friday, so the plan is at some point to to head up to Aleppo and to meet up with Pierre and uh, Khaled Iskay, all the people that I work with there, um, and to catch up. Uh, it, it would have been great to be in Aleppo again for Christmas this year and 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 mark you know one year on from the liberation and the the tremendous uh, rebuilding and restoration and and reviving of the population there because so many refugees have returned to Aleppo of course since it was liberated and that is a familiar pattern across Syria as areas of liberated refugees are returning um internally displaced people are returning home um and speaking to the real serious civil defense yesterday they were talking to me about how they are sending teams now to rebuild uh derazor um mayadeen all of the areas around there so it's extraordinary you know and that's what you see uh in syria is the syrian the true Syrian civil society, the real Syrians helping real Syrians and how it immediately goes into action the minute that somewhere is liberated from international terrorism, the rebuilding begins, the, the re-establishing of all the, the infrastructure, the services, etc. It's extraordinary. I have one more question I want to ask mm-hmm. you, but I want to hold that over uh, mm-hmm. until, we, until we're about to say goodbye. And you're, you're with a friend right now. Yeah. Uh, if you can introduce this person you're with, and uh, and then we, we're going to speak to her, I believe, in a minute. Great. Um, yes, this is my dear friend, Dr. Aysa Medani, uh, an amazing, amazing patriot, uh, somebody who was living in France for many years, but when she saw and witnessed herself how France was fermenting uh, the, the, the pseudo-revolution in Syria, um, she returned to Syria to live and to stand in solidarity with her country. So I can't think of anybody better to, to pass over um, to let you know how she feels uh, this Christmas. Okay. I'm going to switch the mics here for a minute. Hold on. Do a little mic swap. And uh, we're live from Damascus here on Christmas Eve. On the Alternate Current Radio Network, I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire Christmas show, and I think we've got uh, Isa on the line. Hello? Hello. How are you? Isa Madani? Yes, exactly. Isa Madani. You hear me? Yes, loud and clear. How how are you? Fine, fine. I'm very happy. I wish you very Merry Christmas. I'm very happy being in Syria. (laughs) Milad Jdid. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, so, what is, is this? Your first Christmas uh, for a while back in Syria? Um, were you in France? Uh, no, it's not my first Christmas. I came back in Syria in 2013. In fact, while it was uh, the aggression was really on the most uh, on the top, I can say. And at that time, uh, Obama wanted to bomb Syria. And then uh, I decided to stay beside my my people just to defend Syria. And uh, we organized, all of us, uh, a, uh, a, a movement called uh, On Our Bodies. And we went up to Qasyun uh, Mountain, which is uh, uh, Sir Prompt's Damascus. And we decided to make a human shield to defend Syria, to defend Damascus. And that was the most beautiful day in my life because it was uh, a wonderful atmosphere. A lot of people who are who were there with uh, patriotic songs, with uh, music, with uh, uh, the Syrian flag on the on the whole uh, mountain, you know, from the the top to the place where we are. And uh, a wonderful atmosphere of solidarity, of singing, of, uh, uh, you know, patriotism, and also of determination to defend Syria and to be there, even 
if we die, no problem, but Syria must live. So it was really a very wonderful day. And uh, from that day, I stayed in Syria. I go back to France from time to time, you know, just for administrative things, uh, my taxes and my, and also I have my son and my grandson there now. Uh, uh, I say now for my grandson because he was born this, uh, this summer. Otherwise, my son is there and my life was there. I went back also in 2015 just to, to close my company. Because I had a uh, a company of software, software company, and uh, for leading and uh, project management, uh, computer science and uh, IT project management and uh, uh, reorganization management. So uh, I went back also in 2015 to close my company and decided completely to stay in Syria. Wow. So that's it. And so that I can tell you how happy I am now to, uh, to spend this, uh, this, uh, feast, I can say, in Syria. It's, uh, it's not only for Christmas, it is also for victory. Because we are, uh, celebrating Aleppo victory against terrorism. We are celebrating, in fact, the victory of Syria. On terrorism because it's one year uh, Aleppo, but also two months the resort and uh, Mayadin and Abu Kamal, etc. And the whole, the whole step, the whole desert of Syria. So actually, uh, we consider that we Syria is really victorious, and uh, uh, and uh, this is uh, the victory celebration, and we are very happy for that. We we hope that very soon it will be the complete, complete victory, also with the liberation of Golan, Ais, and Eskanderun. And uh, as, a, uh, as a French uh, citizen, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, your current president, uh, Emmanuel Macron, uh, has made a comment yes. recently. He said that uh, the biggest enemy of the Syrian people is Bashar mm-hmm. al-Assad. I'm sure mm-hmm. you saw this statement recently. Um, yes. You as a French uh, woman in Syria right now, looking out and looking at this, this president, mm-hmm. what are your feelings about this comment, this statement? I think uh, from the beginning on the, of the war on Syria, this, these statements are really completely ridiculous because they don't want to see the reality. They shut their eyes and they shut their uh, their ears because uh, Bashar al-Assad is the most loved person in Syria I can tell you without any exaggeration really and uh, I can say very easily maybe a lot of people were against him I was between people who were in the beginning uh, having some uh, uh, some reserves I can say not only on not on Bashar al-Assad but also on uh, on the the Ba'ath party uh, governance and uh, everything and uh, but we needed some reforms, like in any country. And uh, now, after seven years of war against Syria and uh, Syria against terrorism, uh, I can tell you that maybe 90% of the people are with Bashar al-Assad and with the Ba'ath Party, not because of uh, uh, the Ba'ath, but for Bashar al-Assad is the most loved person. And now people distinguish completely. Uh, they they see in this personality the person who leaded the country to the victory and who preserved Syria from this terrible plan of uh, partition, of uh, maybe also uh, complete uh, complete uh, atomization. I can say so. Uh, uh, I think that Macron is ra- is wrong, as the w- the same way that the other uh, presidents of France have been wrong. Also, they don't want to see the truth, and besides, not only they don't want to see the truth, they are very uh, uh, aggressive towards Syria uh, because they have also their plans in Syria. And they have, I can say, and uh, 
very clearly imperialistic plans in Syria. They want to dominate Syria again because we we have uh, Syria has petroleum, gas, and a uh, lot of resources. Uh, because of its geographic situation also, which is very central. So uh, also France has uh, cooperated for that with terrorists. So I think that uh, the problem is all these lies that they are repeatedly repeated by all the presidents and the uh, ministers of uh, foreign affairs of France and uh, even all the Western countries because uh, they are supporting terrorism and they pretend fighting terrorism. Uh, even Daesh and Nusra, I can remind you that uh, uh, Fabius, Laurent Fabius said uh, several times Nusra is making good job and uh, Nusra Assad doesn't deserve to live. And so this is, in the, uh, uh, first, it's... Uh, that's uh, it's not to them to say anything this is completely complete interference in syrian affairs first so they don't have to do that if they respect the uh, charter of the nation united nations uh this is one and second they are uh, also supporting uh terrorism and they are pushing uh french young people to go into the terrorist uh, terrorist groups, uh, because when you when you see that your president says says this is these terrorists are doing good job, this means you can you can go and uh, do the same job with them. And uh, third, uh, they were all the time in Syria uh, when they uh, they uh, they were intervening in Syria. Illegally, first, because they didn't coordinate with Syria also for fighting terrorism. Second, uh, each time they interfered, it was just to uh, uh, to block the Syrian ar- uh, the Syrian army, which was uh, fighting terrorism, or to kill the Syrian army, or to kill also Syrian citizens, uh, civilian citizens. Uh, that was the case in Raqqa. That was the case in Der. Uh, the, Syri- the French, uh, the French aviation uh, bombed uh, a, a whole city called Houtoufan, uh, and uh, on on the on really on the head of its inhabitants. Wow! And the same for a hospital, also is a hospital for children around the resort, and also. Uh, uh, buildings which were uh, uh, hope uh, uh, helping people. I mean, people uh, uh, building where uh, people who were uh, running away from uh, from uh, uh, terrorists were uh, were uh, welcomed, and then they bombed everybody. And all these people were dead after under the they 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 under under the buildings, were under the bombs of a French army. And uh, one thing which is very important also, these coalition who bombed uh, the Syrian army during one whole hour uh, on the mountain Asarda, which is beside the resort, uh, two years ago. So uh, they ten minutes later, Daesh came and took over uh, the mountain and the resort afterwards. Some yeah. more quarters of the resort. So they can't say they cannot say at all that they are fighting terrorism. And uh, unfortunately, and I'm really sad to say that all these presidents are really lying lying on their people, lying on the world, and telling all the time, telling lies and repeating lies. Yes, unfortunately, and uh, so so are the media as well uh, as the politicians. So it's uh, one big uh, echo chamber of uh, untruth and lies, unfortunately. But we're very glad to exactly. be, be speaking to you, uh, Isa, and, and other people. 
real people in Syria that are telling us uh, what they're seeing and what they're feeling and what's really happening. And um, mm-hmm. we really appreciate you sh- sharing that with us this Christmas Eve uh, on the, on our show. Uh, and mm-hmm. we uh, hope all, all the best for you. Masalama uh, Milad Majid. And we, uh, I, yeah, go ahead. I thank you very, very much. I, I, I want to say also Milad Majid to you and to all the honest people who are always telling the truth uh, despite all these pressures on, on, uh, in the uh, media mainstream, in the mainstream medias and in these countries who are aggressing Syria and telling all the time lies on everything. So also a very big salute to you and to Vanessa and all people who are really uh, defending the truth. Yeah, thank you very and, much. And uh, Milad Majid and uh, happy Merry Christmas and uh, very good feast and maybe a good, very good New Year, very happy New Year and uh, a new year of uh, victory of the truth and the justice, I hope. Yes, Joy Noel, Merry Christmas, Milad Majid. Uh, thank you very much, Isa. Take care. Thank and you. Thank you very, very much. Pass it back to Miss uh, Miss Beely. Sure. We'll, uh, we'll have our last uh, comments with Vanessa. Just doing a little mic switch again. Hello. That <laughs> I'm back. Hello. That was absolutely wonderful. What an amazing woman. Um, what yeah. a what a strong voice as well. Uh, tell her thank you very much. We really appreciate that, and I'm sure everybody does uh, out there listening on the uh, streams and on also the podcasting networks as well. But um, my, my, my last question, Vanessa, is, you know, a lot's happened over the last seven days just with us uh, and, the, and your work and the British media. So how does it feel? to be now in Syria, and then now you're looking at this uh, piece that was done by The Guardian last Monday by uh, a, tech, a tech writer from the Silicon Valley named Olivia Solon, which uh, was a, a character assassination piece against you, Eva Bartlett, Tim Anderson, and myself as well. And now you're in Syria. How do you feel looking? I know it's one thing to be in Lebanon and seeing in, in westernized Lebanon, but to, how, how do you feel seeing it from Syria, thinking about this? What does this sit in your mind right now, Vanessa? Well, you know, it's kind of extraordinary. I think it is an Arab saying that says, you know, the caravan keeps rolling and the dogs, but the dogs are barking. And the, the thing is, you know, it's not only Olivia Solon. I mean, the attacks have come in from the likes of uh, George, uh, George Mondial at uh, The Guardian, um, who's been particularly uh, unpleasant and bullying, uh, you know, sort of elitist bullying on Twitter, for example, um, demanding to to know uh, who is funding me. Um, not not one, but you know, not one of these pseudo journalists. I mean, I refuse to call them journalists because they're not journalists. Uh, has actually addressed uh, the evidence or the fact that is presented to them, you know, not only in my articles, in articles by yourself, by Ava Butler, by Robert Parry, by Gareth Porter, by Philip Giraldi, by Scott Ritter, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is a huge array. John Pilger, um, a huge array of experts and analysts and investigative journalists who have who've arrived at the same conclusion that I have. Um, and yet these these journalists are actually... What they're actually doing is demonstrating their own um, superficiality and their own uh, enslavement to the UK state foreign policy. I mean, they're, they're, they're demonstrating themselves to be simply reading from a script, reading from, you know, the NATO-aligned hymn sheet. And we saw Andrew Mitchell... Um, the the creator of the Department of International Development, um, speaking to Afshin Ratanzi on Going Underground, after my interview about the UK conflict and stability, uh, conflict security and stability fund, sorry, funding of terrorism via intermediaries, various intermediaries um, in Syria. 
And we saw Andrew Mitchell immediately, as soon as the white helmets were mentioned, he just went into the script, the same script that we hear from their PR agency, Syria Campaign, that, of course, was seed-funded by Eamon Asfari, who's also putting money into the Tory party. Um, and, you know, we heard him read from the script, the prepared script, and none of them will deviate from this script. Immediately after Solon's article, Syria Campaign produced their 46-page report, which actually contained, again, absolutely nothing, just spurious accusations thrown at, at myself, at you, at Ava, um, but absolutely no addressing of the fact and the evidence that, that comes from, and this is very important, from the White Helmets themselves, via their own video channels, via their own photographs, via their own digital media pages and, and accounts, or from um, the terrorist media, I refuse to call it the rebel media, which is equally funded, like Aleppo Media Center, equally funded by EU governments. So here we have an entire apparatus, both the terrorists, the NGOs that are aligned with the terrorists, the media that is promoting and supporting the terrorists. All of it is funded by the same governments and is protected by the state media, I cannot call them anything else, who are defending the criminal actions of particularly the UK regime in Syria, financing terrorism, under the guise of a humanitarian NGO that we know to be affiliated with Al-Qaeda, not only affiliated with Al-Qaeda, but we've proven that the leadership of that organization are terrorists, members of various groups like Abu Ahmada, who were the security agents for Nusra Front in East Aleppo. So they were actually even more brutal than Al-Qaeda in East Aleppo. And here we have some, uh, I don't know, some techie from San Francisco who's probably never set foot outside of America, um, well, or from London, actually, where she's from originally, but has certainly, I doubt, ever come to Syria, who is attacking a body of work that contains more evidence, more fact, and more information than I think she's probably ever seen in her life, and is then being backed up by the likes of uh, George Monbiot, who, whose only attack is to keep asking me repeatedly what my funding is. <laughs> um, you know, this is, and, and the, but the thing is, what we've seen, we've seen recently, for example, um, the alliance of Saudi Arabia and Israel trying to drive a wedge into Lebanon, for example, and trying to create sectarian differences there and what we've actually seen with this attack on the on the body of work about the white helmets <clears throat> is that instead of dividing um the alternative and independent media as i think it was partially designed to do what it's done is unite that entire uh, media plot, but also bring in a number of mainstream or what i would call midstream journalists who are being this behavior and are genuinely sickened and disgusted by it because this is not journalism um this is propaganda and defense of propaganda which has effectively underpinned the war in syria so this is to me this is a completely um in my opinion this is a completely criminal action actually on behalf of the guardian it's defending the UK state foreign policy, which has effectively sustained the war in Syria for the last seven years, and it is then defending this organization, or rather, in my opinion, it's defending the concept, because I don't think they care about the Syrian white helmets per se, but what they want is a concept that is fit for purpose, that is untarnished by negative publicity that they can then use in other countries where they need to destabilize. For example, we've seen James Le Mazurier, the British uh, ex-military trainer of the White Helmets. We've recently seen him in Brazil actually recruiting as Mayday Rescue, which is one of the intermediaries that funnels money into the White Helmets. We've seen him recruiting in Brazil. We know that the White Helmets have appeared in Venezuela and Indonesia and Malaysia. So this is but this is what is so important to them is this concept and defending this concept. But what is also very dangerous for them is those who have defended, supported, promoted, financed the White Helmets, when the White Helmets fall, and they will fall, 
because this body of evidence and the public consensus is, is becoming a tsunami and they can see that. When it falls, look at who's going to be brought down with it. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody, Everybody from Hollywood to, 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 to um, the White House to English to UK politicians, EU politicians. Look at the number of high-ranking politicians and statespeople who have shaken hands with this organization and who have defended them as per the script publicly in America, in, in the EU, in France, in Germany, in Holland, in Denmark, in Norway, and in the UK. They will come tumbling down. Hollywood, people in Hollywood who are publicly supporting this organization, New Zealand firefighters who are giving them equipment and training. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a global crash that's coming, and it's coming. I can put that message out to the journalists at The Guardian. Trust me, it's coming. Because nothing you're doing is showing the public that you have anything to defend yourselves against the evidence that is mounting against not only the White Helmets, but against you. Yeah. And, and uh, so that's called reputation laundering. They've, they've purposely sent uh, White Helmets, uh, Raid, Sala, and all these other sort of flunkies that they send out for all the photo ops um, full time. They're on tour. That's where the uh, British mm -hmm. taxpayer money is paying for made a rescue or your crowdfunding or whatever. It's paying for these guys to go on tour and be photographed with Bernie Sanders, Adam Schiff, George Clooney, or whoever. And all through the UK, through the United States, through Europe, all around the world, London Fire Brigade, New Zealand Fire Brigade, and this is designed to put every everyone has to be a stakeholder in their to stake their reputation on yeah. the helmets, so that nobody will speak out against yeah. this, this fraud. This is a well, exactly. it's a well designed, it's the devilish, devilishly genius designed operation of reputation laundering and guess what happens when the when reality comes crashing down and the penny finally eventually drops all of these journalists all these politicians you know what they're going to do vanessa mm. they will do what cockroaches do when you flick the lights on. <laughs> they run under the yep. nearest appliance or find the nearest crevice disappear and they will not comment at all on this ever again they'll yep. all be uh sorry no comment sorry no comment sorry no comment and then, then some will come well, out. Uh, yeah. I, no, I mean, I have a comment for them from the real Syria Civil Defense, who I spoke to, as I said uh, yesterday. And I asked them for a message to, to give to people in the West. And they basically said, look, Syria now uh, is victorious. It's in recovery. It's rebuilding. And the real Syria Civil Defense are a part of that rebuilding process, not the White Helmets that are not considered to be Syrian by the Syrian people. And when the final areas of Idlib and the pockets in Raqqa are finally liberated, the real Syria Civil Defense will reclaim its rightful role as the real Syrian Civil Defense. There you go. So it's 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 going to happen eventually. The penny will eventually drop. And uh, just before we go, before we go, um, I've got I've got Pierre Lacour uh, here giving out presents in Aleppo. I'm just gonna just gonna play this, uh, which Pierre sent out to everybody on social media. Um, uh, basically, unboxing for the kids in Aleppo. Real quick, mm. listen to this. Let's see what uh, Pierre is doing. For There he is. I've got a whole bag of presents here. Here he is. Like, uh, and um, so there is like uh, a lot of youth. Some work with me already in my school. Some who I met recently who are helping to distribute the gifts for the, the children. For the next seven or ten days, we will do that, like in I don't know how many places. And like, uh, eh, this is again, and I repeat it. I can be in the Baba Noel. I can be in. Uh, it can be Christmas, but this is not about religion. This is not about Christmas. This is about love. This is about friendship. Uh, the children, yani, they don't mind about like a date or even what does that mean? That what they care is like the care we can give. 
to, to them and yani, it's about love. So you can see how they are happy also to distribute the gift and to prepare it. Yani, there are so many places we will go for that. But, um, so yeah, I'll say it in French also. But, il est très important que les gens se souviennent que ici en Syrie les gens vivent tous ensemble qu'il n'y a pas il n'y a pas de musulmans d'un côté il n'y a pas de chrétiens de l'autre la plupart des enfants qui sont ici sont musulmans mais ça change rien je veux dire on s'en fiche de savoir qui ils sont uh, here people Yanni doesn't care about their religion this is about children this is about just about them and look how cute they are and they are all with like how can I say Eh, I'm just happy to see them like that. That was an amazing scene, Vanessa. Uh, Pierre doing his his uh, his traditional thing there. It's, be- it's becoming a tradition. I feel like he'd probably be doing it every Christmas, probably for the rest of his life. I think he's uh, he's a real fixture there. What an amazing guy! Uh, I I had the honor of meeting him last uh, this year as well uh, with you and. Uh, you know, we totally support what he does and love what he does. And uh, he's a very genuine, uh, a real warrior um, and just a wonderful human being. Yeah, he is. I'm really proud to have him as a friend and hope to catch up with him in Aleppo. I hope to get there before uh, he he sort of finishes his whole program of um, present giving so that I can at least accompany him on a couple of them. Um, and film and, and sort of interview people there. So uh, really looking forward to that. Yeah, just make sure you don't throw any, get any biscuits out or anything like that. <laughs> Careful. No, <laughs> no, that's always, um, it's, it's, it goes with the territory, I think, and it's, a, it's an acceptable risk, but it is always a risk that you get mobbed for the biscuits and the, and the presents. But it's, you know, it, I, I always remember last year, um, going to Jabrin, the the registration and the refugee center after after the people had registered and and um, been fully liberated from East Aleppo, and I think I've said before, you know, it was snowing, uh, windy. They were living in absolute abject um, filth. I mean, there was no other way to describe it. And yet every single one, from children to elderly to women to men, you asked them how they felt, and they just looked at you and said, this is heaven, we're in heaven. And, you know, when you looked around and you just saw the desolation and, and the, as I said, the, the cold, um, but it, for them it was heaven. You know, the Syrian army was providing food every day. Uh, Russia was providing medical care in the in the temporary field uh, hospitals that they had set up. Um, extraordinary. And then to have visited twice, uh, this is my third time this year, and to see to what extent Syrians themselves have rebuilt, cleaned up the city. Each time I go, there's a new development, a new school has opened, um, buildings have been repaired, people are back in the streets, the shops are opening in the souk. You know, it's extraordinary. I mean, this country is extraordinary, and and it's their resilience and their stubbornness and their resistance against basically being told what to do that I think has completely confounded um, the U.S. coalition and its client state allies because they did they underestimated. You know, after after Libya, after Iraq, etc., they underestimated the power of the the people in Syria because that's what it is the Syrian army is the people um, Bashar al-Assad is part of the people the government is part of the people as somebody told me tonight you know you can't you can't divide it you can't I know they love to create this monolithic argument in Western media and in in uh, um, NATO aligned NGOs think tanks in the government um, speaking heads they love to create this monolithic argument of Assad but you can't divide the government from the people and from from the army it's all one and that's what they completely and utterly underestimated and that is why they are facing defeat today on so many levels yeah that's the whole the the fallacious uh uh intellectual um trickery of separating the leadership from the people in order to rob the people of their agency and to take away uh any power at all 
uh, in this in this sort of narrative. Mm-hmm. They do that as as a matter of course. Here's a scene from Aleppo. This is the Christmas <laughs> celebrations here. This is amazing. Sparklers going off here. Uh, this, is, uh, this is town Aleppo. And uh, the Christmas tree. It's amazing. Wow. What a great what a great scene. What a great scene, Vanessa. And I'm just gonna say this is amazing. I'm just gonna say, wow, look at all these people. Thousands of people. <laughs> playing Christmas songs in Aleppo. Look at that. Beautiful. And I'm just well, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna be posting a few videos, um, hopefully if if the internet holds up, which it's pretty good here at the moment, um, of tonight on the streets of Damascus, which is a very similar sound. Um, you know, the the kids with their brass bands and the mm-hmm. um, marching uh, uh, groups and so on, the scouts, the the Father Christmases on, on platforms. And <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. I'm, I'm just going to say my, my final comment looking at that scene in Aleppo. Mm. And I'll get your final comment because we gotta we got to go to the next segment. We're running a little over time, but this is a Christmas special. Oh, okay. So it's a little flexible. Uh, for a lot of people at home probably listening live on the stream. Hello, everybody. Merry Christmas. This is the Sunday Wire. We're live with, in Damascus with Vanessa Beely right now uh, on the Alternate Current Radio Network. And that scene in Aleppo, this is my final thoughts, Vanessa. And you, you already know my thoughts on this because I posted them uh, already. But this beautiful scene that we're seeing there in Aleppo, this, this, this celebration, all the people out celebrating Christmas, all faiths, denominations, even out celebrating uh, a Christmas. Um, this is only possible thanks to uh, Bashar al-Assad, the great bravery of, of the government and of the Syrian Arab army and its partners, including Iran, Hezbollah, and the Russian Defense Forces, who have all sacrificed their lives so that people in Syria could experience religious freedom, peace, and victory over a U.S., U.K., French, E.U., Turkish, Qatari, Saudi, Israeli, criminal Salafist terrorist brigades and miscreants for hire, armed by the United States, paid for with U.S. taxpayer funds and Saudi oil blood money. And God bless the people of Aleppo and Syria this Christmas for their bravery and sacrifice, and let it be known that if our governments in the West had it their way, and if the Guardian had it their way, Santa would have a black beard and would have a Kalashnikov in one hand and a machete in the other. That's what, that's what Christmas would be like right now if our governments who have been backing these maniacs had their way, and if the people at the Guardian and the George Monbiots of the world had their way, that would be Christmas. There wouldn't be Christmas lights in Aleppo, Vanessa. It would be ISIS flags and Nusra flags draped everywhere and people cowering in fear, hiding in their flats as they were in East Aleppo for the last four years when it was occupied by terrorists because we know that because we spoke to all the residents. So we know that's what happened. That is, that is for, so for those with eyes to see and with ears to hear, we will never forget the truth. Never. That's my final thoughts. No, and I think it's also important to, just as a reminder, um, that I think it was two days ago uh, that the terrorists that are still in Rashtin, where there was that dreadful car bombing of the evacuees from Kafraim 4 in April, uh, fired mortars and rockets into the crowds in Aleppo as they celebrated and killed Two children, one woman, I believe, and injured others. This, this is what our governments have introduced into this country, um, that even in the midst of their victory celebrations, their liberation celebrations, they, they are still, to some degree, trying to, to, to murder, to kill, to maim. To mutilate, and and so this is what our governments represent. Actually, it is everything that 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 destroys and destabilizes peoples and nations. And yet, here in Damascus tonight, we've seen how these people have stood against this wall of terror and have stood 
proud and and tall and are tonight walking in the streets in victory um, and in resistance against the daily fear here also because mortars um, are coming in almost every day here in Damascus also from the the suburbs where the the western backed uh, or or the internationally backed terrorists are embedded and so this is what has and will be brought to an end by the victory in Syria. And we'll be watching your reports. Hopefully uh, we might see some Christmas images up uh, tomorrow. Keep your eyes peeled on Christmas Day. Vanessa's live in Damascus there with her wonderful friend, uh, Isa. Uh, wonderful and uh, a big uh, Milad Majid uh, from all <laughs> Uh, to everybody there, and uh, a big hugs uh, to all of our uh, friends and uh, people that uh, I, I miss as well uh, in Syria, and hope everybody's okay and safe this Christmas, Vanessa. Thanks, Pat, and Milad Majid to everyone. Happy Christmas, and uh, if I don't speak to you all, Happy New Year as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We will speak and to you. And can I just say, sorry, can I just say thank you to everybody, particularly on social media, who has supported and um, stood by us uh, despite all the attacks and who have stood in solidarity with journalists, analysts, media outlets who are trying to uh, uncover the truth and to bring it to light. Thank you. Yeah, big thank you to everybody out there. You know who you are, including everybody in the ACR chat room right now on the live stream. Thank you, everybody there. I know you're all big supporters as well of Vanessa's work and what we're doing at 21st Century Wire. So take care. And uh, we're going to go out to break. Last Christmas in Aleppo, uh, we did a a track, which was a a remix of that old uh, 1980s Band-Aid Christmas track. Christmas track. Way out. Way out. Up. Got a feedback, feedback on your end. Oh, sorry, yeah. I unplugged so I could uh, let Isa hear it. Okay. Okay, well, Hesher, I'm going to disconnect, actually, the call. Hold on. Um, yeah, go ahead and disconnect the call. Catch us on the live stream. But there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, Vanessa there, live in Damascus. Okay, Masterpiece Theater Performance. On the other side of this commercial break, I promise, and Basil Valentine will be waiting also after that. So stick around. This is a live Christmas special here on Alternate Current Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire. Merry Christmas. We'll be right back. It's Christmas time. This is Vanessa Beattie waking up in Aleppo on Christmas Day, wishing you all a wonderful Christmas. Milad Majid. Merry Christmas from Syria to all the world. In Syria, Milad Majid. I say hi to you. Assalamu alaikum, and I mean peace on you. Hello, uh, I'm Gufran Dilwan from Damascus. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And the Christmas bells that ring. Today, salam for Aleppo. Salam ala halab. Well, tonight, thank God from Syria. Merry Christmas from Syria. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Greetings from Damascus. This is Tom Duggan wishing everyone a Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from Damascus. Eid Milad Majid in Syria, Damascus. 
Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from Damascus, Syria. Merry Christmas from Damascus, Eid Milad Majid, Syria, Damascus. Well, first of all, I want to say Merry Christmas for the people here in Syria, first of all, and of course to the whole world. And may this uh, Christmas carry with it peace, love and welfare to all the people around the world. Merry Christmas from Damascus. Merry Christmas from Damascus. Um, Milad Majid, Bissouri. Milad Majid and Merry Christmas from Syria, all flow. Merry Christmas. Milad Majid. Milad Majid, Merry Christmas. Milad Majid, Merry Christmas. I show Merry Christmas. From Syria, where's Milad Majid? Merry Christmas uh, from Syria, Milad Majid. Merry, Merry Christmas from Syria, Milad Majid. From Syria, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from Syria. From Syria. Merry Christmas, Syria. Milad Majid. Merry Christmas from Syria. Milad Majid. again. Merry Christmas from Syria. Milad Majid. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, my <laughs> Merry Christmas. This is David Bowie. It's Christmas 1984. And there are more starving folk on our planet than ever before. Please give a thought for them this season and do whatever you can, however small, to help them live. Have a peaceful New Year. Merry Christmas from Syria. Aid Milad Majid. Merry Christmas, it's Syria, Aid Milad Majid. Merry Christmas from Syria, Eid Milad Majid. Excellent, yeah. Oh. Me- Merry Christmas from Syria, Eid Milad Majid. Have a lovely Christmas. Bye. has never been to Aleppo to remind you of what Aleppo used to be before all of this hysteria. I'm here to tell you that even if they have succeeded in turning Aleppo into a political tool or its people into human shields, every silk rope, every music note, and every alphabet will not fall asleep until Aleppo is back to being the Aleppo we all once knew very well.